Welcome to D2C Podcast. I'm Eric Dick. Today, we're spinning up a conversation with Dan Dembski, founder of one of my personal favorite apparel brands, Unbound Merino. I have been a fan of this miraculous material for years, but no brand has nailed the comfort, luxury, and lifestyle like Unbound has in this hyper-growth market. Today's podcast goes deep on Dan's steady growth journey to eight figures with improving profitability month over month, which Dan credits to Unbound's methodical approach to growth that never sacrifices brand or authenticity even when slugging it out in the trenches of performance marketing. You'll hear why Unbound's ruthless focus on travel has been critical to their growth, how his ASMR travel videos shot by the founders themselves are the biggest creative needle movers to date, and why Unbound's sustainable growth focus is a massive benefit to both his team and his own lifestyle. Stick around for a promo code offered to D2C listeners so you can all start living the Unbound life in superfine merino. On with the show. We do this post-purchase survey. We ask the obvious questions like, how did you find out about Unbound Merino? The number one answer by far is YouTube. Always YouTube. And it's usually at the 30 to 45% of the people who respond that, but we do nothing on YouTube. Other than give some influencers some product and we dabble with some paid influencers recently. This is all like very, very recent stuff. But the reason we're doing that is because we're getting these answers in our post-purchase survey that YouTube is the number one place they found us. We spent all this money on Facebook ads and all this money on Instagram ads and all this money on Google ads, and, but none of it compares to YouTube where we spend zero dollars. D2C podcast, I just got to start by saying the Merino Wool t-shirts that you make are the best Merino Wool t-shirts I have ever experienced. As people on this podcast, maybe have heard me say like, I am a nut about Merino as a fabric. It's antimicrobial. It feels so good. It washes up. It it lays so great on your body. Uh, So first of all, thanks for building such an amazing brand, for building the superior like clothing company. I have, it's like my favorite clothing company in the world right now. Uh, Why did you build Unbound Merino? Well, I was a fan of the fabric in the same way that you were, and I was traveling a lot. And, you know, I discovered Marina Wool from a Reddit post. I was trying to figure out how do you travel for a long period of time with just a carry-on? I'm like, I'm sure it could be done. And then I discovered someone who posted. It's like, well, when I travel, I wear Marina Wool t-shirts because they're antibacterial, they're odor-resistant. So I pack two or three t-shirts instead of packing 10 to 15 t-shirts for a, for a long-haul trip. And I don't need to wash them and they stay clean and fresh. I was like, hmm, wool? I didn't know wool could be a t-shirt. So I bought a few. I was I went looking to different stores and trying to find merino wool t-shirts. And I found some. And I fell in love with the material because it performed as promised. It was amazing stuff. But the stuff I was finding was made for people that were going on camping trips, maybe some active kind of stuff. You know, I, I felt like I should be going on a trip with a holding a canoe over my head and, and setting up a tent somewhere. But that's not where I was going. I was I was in Hong Kong. I was at a really cool cocktail bar, and I remember feeling out of place. And I was like, and I felt out of place because I was wearing this sort of boxy T-shirt with a reflective logo on it. And I thought, well, there has to be a nicer fitting merino wool T-shirt out there that's a little bit more versatile. And I looked and I looked, and I just couldn't find anything. And I thought, man, there must be more people like me that could benefit from having a tool like this to help them travel light. And still be able to like go out out for that nice dinner, but also out for that hike and have that versatility. And I just couldn't find it. And I'm just like, I should just do it. There has to be people like me. So 
You know, the problem is, is at the time I had another business. I didn't have any capital, didn't have any extra money on like to, to fund this thing. I didn't have any energy or time, uh, but I had the desire to do it. So we decided to do a crowdfunding campaign and we did that on account of it would validate the idea. It would give us the funds to start the business, but also if it didn't work, at least I tried. And the worst case scenario is I'd have a bunch of prototypes of the shirt that I wanted to exist anyway. So it was like, I can have a box of the shirt I want, or I can have my dream business. It feels like a win-win situation. So we did the crowdfunding campaign. We tried to sell $30,000 in pre-sales, but we did 400,000 in that first month. And then that was all I needed to see. So I'm like, this, this works. We found product market fit. I left my other business. I gave it to my business partner. I said, I got to pursue this idea. This is, this brand is so authentically me. We're going to help people solve a big problem for how to pack and travel light and let's get it going. So I, I just started this company and it just started taking off ever since. And now we're selling in over a hundred countries. That's so badass. How did I want to go back to the be, the beginning there? First of all, did you start with the t-shirt? Cause I know apparel cut, you have a lot of different clothes. Now you got pants, you got men's, you got women's. Did you start with the essential tea as your first product? Yeah, we just had the t-shirt in black and gray, but we also did boxer briefs and socks because we wanted to, our, our thinking at the time was what takes up the most luggage space that we can, re, by adding just our stuff would reduce the most amount of space and allow you to do carry on. So, you know, pants, they take up a bit of space, but you don't pack tons of pairs of pants when you travel. You might bring a couple. So like, that's not the big problem. The problem was shirts, socks, and underwear. So how can you utilize merino wool to reduce that. So that was our, our MVP product, so to, so to speak. And I was gushing on the, in the pre-talk here, just about how, like, I love, I love the kit Ace merino wool. I actually have some, I have a smart wool, uh, which actually has that same boxy cut that I think you referenced versus the cut of this, which is so modern and nice. Also the feel of this is so much softer than some of the other ones. What, how long did it take you to get the fit and the fabric the way you wanted it was, are they sort of, were those early prototypes kind of what were, what I'm wearing now or has it evolved a lot since then? It's evolved. It's evolved. So, so for starters, before we even got to market, we were working on it for a year and a half, you know, and that was the back and forth of the manufacturers. And our first, our first version of our shirt was quite good, but little details that like, ah, oh, you know, like there had some issues, like the logo would, would, would rub off and, and, we had a little bit of pilling on the first, like, I mean, Marina will naturally could pill, but it was just like really bad in our first product, in our first version of our shirt. So over time we iterated probably, I would say at least 12 to 15 times to get to the version that we have now. But those changes are so minute that you, if you weren't looking for it or you weren't, we weren't pointing it out for you, you might not know the difference. A little bit of a size thing. There may be a little short, a little bit like increasing the GSM, which is the weight of the fabric to make it tiny bit heavier so it drapes a little differently we sort of just tinker 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 and because we don't have a ton of SKUs like a lot of clothing brands do we're able to just focus on our core products and really really dial it in so us iterating on our t-shirt now is never out of the question it's not it's not like we feel like oh we've achieved perfection we're always looking like can it be better can it be better and that's sort of what allows us to sort of really really hone in on making a product that people love it's because you know, there's a beer here in Toronto where I am called Steam Whistle, which I don't think is that great. It's okay. It's okay beer. But they have a good branding. Great branding. And their motto, their slogan is do one thing and do it really well. And that's all they make is a Pilsner. Now, 
whether or not you think they do it very well is, you know, to the drinker, to, for the drinker to decide. But I love that thinking. It's like less but better and really, really focused. And that's kind of how we try to focus as a company, not to have a ton of stuff, but to have the essential pieces, the classic times pieces that help people travel uh, and have the versatility to mix and match and have a, a, a expansive wardrobe with less stuff. And we really just hone in on those on those products. I've come to Merino Wool just out of like being a, a, you know, working at home, wanting to be comfortable, wanting to, you know, wear the same thing I wore yesterday quite often. And the idea of of having it tied to travel was actually like, oh yeah, of course, it's also good for travel. But I kind of came to the brand even before we met actually, um, just discovering it for like lifestyle. I'm curious, how much does the brand still, being such a like a good, like a lifestyle brand at this point, how much does it still lean on the travel angle as a main driver for sales? And my second question was, was that massively affected during the pandemic? Yeah, so so we, we, we built this brand entirely on focusing on travel. And there are a lot of people who advise us, that's not a good idea, it's so narrow. Like why narrow when you can be, everyone needs clothing, but not everyone needs clothing for travel all the time. But I actually don't remember exactly what caused us to say, no, nah, we're not going to listen. We're making this a travel, a travel product. But we decided we wanted to like to narrow our niche, you know, focus a little bit more on something because then we can at least communicate really, really effectively in that sphere, in that little, in that sandbox in which we were playing in. And what we realized is by focusing on it, on a, that niche, travel, and all of the benefits that it has to travel, once someone buys that product, packs it in their bag, travels with it, our customers aren't dumb. They realize, I'm like, wait a second, this I don't. This doesn't just add value to my life or travel. This just adds simplicity in my wardrobe in general. So we kind of just let them figure it out for themselves, which they all do. And that just allows us to really, really like hone in on marketing. It's, it's, it's like we're, we make t-shirts and our t-shirts, you're wearing it, I'm wearing it. They're plain. They don't stand out. It's not like we have our logo that's visible on anything. So, so for us to compete in the market of all of t-shirts, it's like a, it's a red ocean. Everyone's there. It's really, really hard to compete. So, and you're twice as expensive as most t-shirts. Yeah. Even more. It's expensive because right? it, you know, yeah. it, it, it's a pricey product. So, so we, we feel it's better to really, really narrow that focus so that we we don't compete with the mass brands. There's less to compete with because we're focusing on a smaller area. And it works really well for us. And travel is also an aspirational niche too, right? Like it's also a lifestyle niche. Like it's not like you were going to active wear where people were only going to be wearing it for, you know, and it would look like active wear, it would feel like active wear. Like travel's like, it's everyone wants to be someone who travels and everyone wants to look good and stylish while they're traveling. So it, it doesn't seem like it's not a niche that limits you in a way, right? Because it's like, you can get them in on that on that angle. It's funny, we were just, we actually just did a call with uh, the Meta small, medium and business team. And we were talking about our, the thing we call the pilot method on the pilot outside, which is how you really, want to focus on those angles, find all the different angles about your product, whether it's the softness, the, 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 the space saving aspect of it. And you really do need to have that differentiator, that angle into the market to like hook people. But I think that's a great point that like once they're, once they're in there, they just figure out like, why would I put on this shirt when this other one just feels so better, no matter if I'm traveling or not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and when I was traveling, I met this guy and we got to talking and he asked what I do. And I said, I have a clothing brand. We make clothing for travel. And I told him what he asked what the brand was. And he said, get out of here. You're the Unbound guy. I love Unbound. He said something that resonated so deeply with me. That was a cool experience. That's happened to me only a few times where I meet someone in the wild who's a big fan. But he said, like, I've been on the road traveling for four or five months. 
And I use Unbound as almost like my work uniform. It's like, it, you know, I always thought the old way of working was you put on your suit and you'd go to the office. He's like, the new way of working is you put on your Unbound and you go to your Airbnb or to the co-working space. And I'm like, that's the coolest shit ever. Like, I want to use that for ads. And you're right. So there's like an aspirational aspect to travel that's about freedom. And it's about more than just clothing. And that's really what we try to preach in our communications through advertising. Is like, this is about freedom. It's about simplicity. It's about breaking free from the clutter. And that's what, like, it all ties to, like, the word unbound. I love it. And it's like... It's funny. I if you're if you're looking for new angles to test that that work from home piece, it's like the opposite of travel in a way. It's like the boring side. You know, you're not getting to travel to exotic countries. You're working at home. But like everyone has that Steve Jobs mentality in a way, where you're like you'd like not everyone, but I think a lot of people like that idea of a minimalist, super functional outfit that they can just kind of slip into and live their life where they don't have to think about it as much. I remember Steve Jobs would say about his his turtleneck that that was just one less thing he had to think about so that he could focus on these bigger ideas. So that's really cool that, that you caught. Have you tested that before in your marketing? Have you tested that angle in there? A little bit. So it's funny that you say Steve Jobs. So in our, in our original crowdfunding campaign, we, it was all about the benefits to the customer about how it's going to make your traveling way better. That was everything. But right at the bottom of the campaign, he said, but wait, one more thing or something. Like Just like Steve Jobs used to say at the end. Of, but there's like, there's, I forgot how he said it, but we copied Steve Jobs and we talked exactly about that. It's like, this is about more than just travel. This is about removing decision fatigue and freedom from all the other clutter in your life. So it's not just freedom of skipping the luggage carousel and breezing through the airport. This is the freedom of having less at home. And I believe in that more strongly than any of the travel stuff. Like it's kind of like the under, like layers, layers, layers deeper. It's It gives so much more to you in terms of simplicity. Now. Being in the clothing business, I get a lot of samples of our own products that are like new prototypes that I need to test. I also buy a lot of other brands' clothing to sort of see what's out there, see how they fit, see like what's interesting about these other up-and-coming brands or, or legacy brands. So I actually have a lot of clothing compared to the average man, not by choice, but by necessity. Yeah, it's a write-off. And sometimes, sometimes it builds up. And it just causes me, like, I just, I can't stand it. But when I travel, and I travel a ton, I have just the stuff I need. And I go into my Airbnb or go into my hotel or wherever it is I'm staying, and I unpack all my stuff, and I put it away in the closet, and I have just a few things. And it's the most freeing and awesome thing to just have less. I don't worry. I, I, have, I don't have to, like, stuff stuff in my closet. I have everything laid out very simply and perfectly. I hang it back up at night, take it back off during the day. And... You know, people had that phase where they were into Marie Kondo and the, the whole decluttering thing. It's like this is the ultimate form of decluttering, and it just feels amazing. Does it bring me joy? Yes, I'll keep yeah. it. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. I wanted to ask about your your marketing and your the education piece that's necessary with something like Merino. Because as you say, it's two or three times more expensive than another garment that might, to, to a layman, like look the same. And so I'm curious, like in your advertising, when you're bringing people into the brand, are you bringing people in that are already Merino aware and looking for a superior version of it? Or are you educating them on what Merino is and, and, and justifying the price point? Or both, I guess. It's, it's both. So we really try to introduce people to Merino for the first time. Because there's a lot of people who just don't realize that you, that merino wool is a garment that isn't like a, a scarf or a beanie. Like it doesn't have to be a warm Christmas sweater. Mm -hmm. 
right? That's what they think when they think of wool. They think itchy, yeah. thick. It's like, no, this is super fine and it's buttery soft. And then on top of that, all of the, the benefits from this material, there are so many people who just have no idea this exists. So we try to gear our marketing towards getting the new customer, but Merino wool fans, once you get it, you're obsessed with it. Just like you said, before you even wore our stuff, you yeah. already knew Merino wool and it was all you wanted to wear and you've tried all the brands. So Merino wool people find us and we find it's a pretty even split. Uh, half of our customers, they know and love Merino wool and they're trying us as a new option. And the other half are, they've never heard of this and they've been digging away at our site for a bit, trying to figure it out, looking at reviews and giving it a shot. I should know this and maybe I should have asked it earlier, uh, but what is, is Merino wool, is it like champagne? Is it from the Merino region of uh, France? Or what is, what actually is Merino wool at this frame, a point I'm afraid to ask? Merino is a sheep. Okay. So it's the sheep from, a, it's the wool from a Merino sheep. And they're, they're in New Zealand and Australia. There used to be some in the United States, in the Vermont area, many, many, many decades ago. They're all gone. They all were sold back to Australia. So all of it. It's, it's a it's a super, super fine wool. The difference between that and other wool is if you take it down to the in the individual strand, it's super fine. So that's the difference. And that's why you can, you know, it's common to see T-shirts and things like that from a merino sheet, but you're not going to see a different type of wool making T-shirts because it would just be too abrasive and thick and it wouldn't, it wouldn't work as a T-shirt. Is the company still mostly, like, is the, is the Hero product still the T-shirt? Is that still, like, the bulk of the sales for men and women? There's some some competitive products, but our core product is and potentially always will be our black t-shirt. Yeah. That's like, I mean, we put so much into that product, uh, not just from a from a product development standpoint, but also from a marketing standpoint that it's like there are people and we have the super fan customers who all they wear is the black merino wool unbound t-shirt. That's it. Yeah. So like it's it's kind of like our staple. And to be honest, if I didn't need to test out all of our our products, if I were just a customer of this brand, I would have black unbound t-shirts. And that's as, yeah. it's all I would wear because it always looks good. It looks fine in a casual setting. It looks great when you're going out yeah. for a nicer dinner. You can put a nice jacket over it. Uh, it's my favorite. It's most people's favorite. It's an amazing product. And it just doesn't, like I'm not a smelly guy, but if you wear most clothes for a day, you're gonna have some smell. Like Merino just doesn't do that. That's the antimicrobial capacity of the fabric itself. Yeah, and naturally too. No oh, synthetics. Yeah. So you're building this company that's kind of based around, you know, high quality, uh, not not necessarily permaculture, but but it's these are clothes that are not disposable. These are not these are not shirts that you're gonna go through on a on a really quick basis. These are gonna you know maybe you build your life around them. How has this informed how you're actually building your company when it comes to how you think about growth versus your team and your scale? How, how are you thinking about the company and growing this brand? You know, the, at the core of it all, because I, I listen to I listen to your podcast. Listen to a lot of I I, I read a lot about different DDC brands. And sometimes I, I, I hear some of these booming e-commerce entrepreneurs and I, I just, I'm in awe of how unbelievable their systems are, how smart they are, how brilliant they are at marketing. And sometimes I'm like, man, we're doing pretty well. But like, if I had this guy on my team, we'd be like 10 times bigger because these guys are crazy. Like, what is it about us that makes us perform so well? And the truth is it's, it's customer loyalty because we make we we obsess over the product quality at the core, that is it. 
That's like if, if people didn't come back, this business wouldn't sustain itself. Because, but we have customers who come back. Sometimes I'll look at orders. You know, I'll just see an order coming in on Shopify and I'll click into one and it's that customer's 25th or 30th order. And like, wow. And I see that all the time. We have people who have slowly transformed their entire wardrobe into Unbound. So at the crux of it, it's that. Of course, we do all the other DTC, DTC marketing stuff. You know, we're, we, we invest a lot in, in Facebook and Instagram advertising and our, and our SEO and, and our Clavio email flows and everything that we can do to sort of make the business function health, in a healthy manner from a marketing standpoint. But at the end of the day, product quality and a good customer experience, that's sort of it. And just bit by bit, it just grows. And then word of mouth allows it to grow even more exponentially. So so this year we're really seeing what feels like a bit of a hockey stick of exponentiality. But the funny thing is, is we didn't do anything different. We just kept chiseling away at improving the product over time, refining our marketing over time. And people just started talking about us more and more and more. But you find that once you know you hit a certain mass and that word of mouth becomes a little bit more aggressive because there's more people talking about you at once. So if I had to distill it down to one thing, it's obsessing over product quality. That that's what gives us legs. And that allows you, like, if you can bring then if you can bring a customer in at even break even or at profit, which at, with your price point you probably can, it just guarantees that the growth over time because a good chunk of people are going to become obsessed with the product. Yeah, it, it's it's like we know they're coming back. You know, we, it, sometimes it's astonishing how we see how our customers look at us and I'll call them sometimes and talk to them, but they, they truly, truly are, are loyal. And I find this, and we're, we're entering the women's market now. So there's like some nuanced differences in that, but for a lot of our men customers, and that's what we built the business on. We've, we've been around since 2017 on our Shopify store, but we only did started with women's this year, but a lot of men and our men customers, once they find something that they like, they stop looking. They're not looking for a replacement. Like I, I get my t-shirt from here and they will stay with you for life until something changes or they're wronged or like by some fluke, they found something else, but they're not actively looking. So, uh, you build something that people like and they stick around. I'm already planning my next purchases. Like I, I need, need a pair of these Merino tra- travel pants. I saw there's a, there, I was advising you on a couple of products. The one was the collarless shirt that I think is a big, I was saying, I think everyone in the future will be not wearing collars. So you need a banded collar shirt. And I think pleated pants are coming back. I think you might need like a Reykjavik style pleated dress pant, short dress pant. I feel like those, I have a pair of those and they're like my favorite summer pants. You should just come work with us. You could be the new d- designer of events. Dude, I, I will just con- I will just continually like book a meeting with you if, if I can just keep uh, yeah getting product because this this will <laughs> this this could be a great deal. The one thing I wanted to call out was that you you grown you have you, you're experiencing this great growth this year. All of your teams are internal pretty much at this point, right? Like you're actually doing your media buying in house as well as your SEO and stuff. Um, we have done our own media buying in house until like literally just a few weeks ago. So we have we outsourced it to a media buying agency recently because our the guy who was leading our our media buying was just overwhelmed with a, bill, a million other things. Actually, right now he's AI obsessed and and we think AI is going to supercharge so much of our business. So we kind of want to like let him explore that obsession and how it applies to us because um, we think there's huge opportunity there. Um, but yeah, we're still like heavily heavily involved as. As we're outsourcing a little bit of the creative, but the lion's share of what we do from script writing to 
you know, the shooting and editing, it's like all managed internally. You know, me and my two business partners, we all have marketing backgrounds. So it's, we kind of just get it. So we just do it ourselves. But yeah, it's all, it's almost all internal teams. We're not a huge team, but we carry a big load and it works. That's awesome. This episode is brought to you by Live Recover, an incredibly effective Shopify app that gives you access to an expert team of live agents who work on behalf of your brand to recover abandoned checkouts in real time. Live Recover is able to reach six times more potential customers than email or SMS automations because they have actual humans sending personally crafted messages to anyone who leaves their phone number at checkout. Live Recover doesn't conflict with your email and SMS tools like Klaviyo or Voyage SMS and can lift your top line revenue by over 10%. Check them out and get a 30-day no-risk trial when you sign up at liverecover.com DTC. What are you doing in the wholesale space? Or like, can you buy uh, Unbound at any other stores at this, at this point? Zero. And we have no Zero. immediate plans. We, for us, it's all direct to our customers. Um, you know, there's, it's a big world out there. And we found a, a, a knack for being able to find our customers. But, you know, part of why we're doing this, like the name Unbound is not just about like the brand value that we have and what we give to the customer. Uh, you know, I had, a, I had a video production agency before and I felt sort of like a prisoner to my clients. You know, we had we had one client that was 30% of our entire revenue and like anything they say goes. And they bullied us around and I was working 16 hour days, seven days a week. And when I wanted to start this product business, which I was sort of like trying to figure out what it was until this idea of Unbound came to be, we just built this company in a way where it will always cater to our individual freedom. You know, we we have a warehouse, we have an office we can work at, but no one is required to go there except for the people fulfilling the orders because the they you know we ship our we we fulfill our own orders. But we like going there. When we want to go there, we go there. But the business is designed to be run from laptops, so we can be wherever we want in the world, um, and that goes right down to our choice to not do wholesale because I didn't want to have, we wanted to just have customers. We didn't want to have clients. I don't want to have a big wholesale order where we have to like treat them differently. And they're calling me like, when is this order coming in? Like we, we want to keep everything simple and live the unbound lifestyle that permeates from the top to the bottom, from the left to the right of our company, right through to the value proposition to our customers. Um, it's about freedom and simplicity. So on that note, we decided we don't want to do wholesale at all. It's just an easier, simpler life. Now, having said that, um, if we found a person that we could hire that lived and breathed wholesale that could handle that, and I would never have to flex a muscle or put a finger on it at all, and we could expand our brand, we'd consider that. And it's a conversation that we're sort of, it's starting to consider. But we're very, very happy growing our business the way the way it is right now. And I'll say it, this is a lifestyle business. A lot of people look down on that. They're like, this is all about growth and taking in money and, and building the biggest brand in the world. It's like, not for us. We haven't taken a dollar of investment money. Uh, we started this business with 1500 bucks and we love our freedom. I run this company with my two best friends. We travel together. We do our leadership planning meetings and surf towns and I just, we just love the way things are right now. We feel in our heart of hearts that we are living the good old days right now. So we don't want to mess it up by, by 
changing the system. We want to keep it just as it is. And you mentioned you've got really great staff retention as well. How big? How, how about how big is your team right now? And you mentioned that you don't, you have very low turnover with this sort of unbound mentality as a whole company. Yeah, there's about twenty of us, and no one leaves. You know, we we treat. You know, I mean, we're not a huge company, obviously, but for the roles that we have, we make sure to pay well above the industry standard. We want people to be happy. We give them autonomy. We so that they have a sense of purpose. We don't over, we don't breathe over people's shoulders. Again, that also caters to like we don't want to. I don't want to micromanage people. It sounds sounds annoying for me. So we just give a lot of trust and a lot of autonomy, and we hire smart people that figure things out, and, and it's great. We just have a really really good dynamic between the team, and yeah, people just don't leave. And uh, your position on wholesale currently is it about the same position for Amazon, where you're not currently on it, uh, but if you were able to, you know bring in something that didn't, you know, that just was purely incremental, you'd consider it? Amazon, I'm even less hot on, to be perfectly honest. It would be hard to get me to want to be on. The Amazon does one thing, which I, I think if you want to get in more people's hands and make more money, sure, it's great. Um, it's a channel and it's a, an important channel for many, but you don't get to have a relationship with your customer. You don't know who that customer is. And on account of that, I, I find it to be just like, it's just about making more money. I don't want to compete with Amazon for selling our own product. You know, if you're, if we have our black, our core product on Amazon, I'll be honest with you. If, if, if I were buying unbound and I could buy it from unboundmerino.com or I could buy it on Amazon, I might pick Amazon if that had that prime checkbox. Cause that thing is going to come maybe a day or two faster. Um, it's more, I'm just more comfortable with it. It's just, it's just like, I'm used to Amazon I'm already ordering you know, whatever it is I'm ordering on Amazon. You don't put um, your payment info in, which is the biggest thing, I think. It's just that one click by, let's go. But then we don't get to have the relationship with the customer. We don't get to show yeah. them the other products that might be of interest. It's just, so it might be the harder path to, to not have Amazon, but it's the better path. And I, I don't know. I've, I've, I don't even think about Amazon. I don't care. Nice. Other brands could be on Amazon. Love it. What about uh, influencer influencers or creators? Is this something that you're kind of using in your ad strategy? Yeah, and you know, it's a it's a weird world because sometimes you you could put a bunch of money. Now, now I think it's changed dramatically over the course of the pandemic, where the value of these people skyrocketed, and they know their value. So you can pay an enormous sum of money for a creator, and then you have an affiliate code track uh, attached directly to to that video or that post or whatever it is they did. And you know, your, your cost to acquire a customer is like a thousand bucks because they're so expensive and they only drove a handful of sales. And then on the other hand, you'll get someone that will reach out to you and they'll say, Hey, um, and this is actually, this actually happened back in January. A guy reached out and said, Hey, I, I want to do, a, I love your product and I want to review it for, for a video I'm doing about how I pack light when I travel. Can you send me a few things? And I, I didn't even look at what his YouTube channel was. I just said, sure, I'll send you a few things, right? So we sent him a couple t-shirts and he asked to be set up in our affiliate program. And that, that, that was the cost of a few t-shirts. That video absolutely blew up our website. Our site traffic was triple what we were anticipating for the entire month of January. And it changed like our entire yearly projections because so many people discovered us through this video. So you could spend tens of thousands of dollars and get nothing, or you can spend a couple t-shirts and have something that's absolutely explosive. And I don't know how you bottle that magic. 
so we're right now sort of testing different podcasts, different influencers, different creators, different affiliates. And I could not say with any certainty what the right strategy is other than just try it all as much as you can afford. And sometimes you get lucky. And when you find those people that really, really resonate where your product resonates with their audience, at that point, it's, it's all about building that relationship, like keeping them close and providing value to them. That's that's a theme I found is that quite often that value over indexes in the people who come to you, right? And that just makes sense. It's the same thing for like clients and pilot house, right? The ones that come to us to say, hey, we want to work with you. Quite are you know going to have a, a better relationship than any others? And so yeah, fine. It's, it's hard to replicate though, right? When you like when they come to it organically, they're going to be so passionate about. It, they're going to be so authentic about it that it might be hard to replicate when you're 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 out there looking for others. You also said that you had someone mention your product on the Joe Rogan show. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a really, really cool story. So, so it's cool and tragic at the same time because he didn't remember what the name of our brand was. So, there's an astronaut. His name's Terry Verts, and he is a big Unbound Marino fan. And he was on the Joe Rogan show talking about how he wears merino wool in outer space and how it's like you perspire and like this stuff is magic because it will never smell and like that's a problem. This not the way. Th- your t-shirt smells when you're on the international space station this is so cool to talk about like but he's like this is the best stuff i you they do like exercise while they're on the space station and and joe rogan was saying yeah that stuff's amazing i wear it while hunting and this and that and and then he said and he, joe rogan asked him on the air what's the brand that you wear and he's like oh, i don't remember and I was like, oh no <laughs> no because that is, I mean, look, look, we're 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 far from being able to afford being on the Joe Rogan show, but that yeah. was like the coolest use case that you could ever have for merino wool. It was an astronaut talking about how awesome the fabric is while being in outer space on the Joe Rogan show. It was like the most sweet spot ad, but it, it just. It, generically talked about Marino wool. So you should send Joe some, you should just send Joe some stuff. I feel like he, he get he goes nuts about a lot of niche things. Was it like chimps? He loves talking about chimps. Loves talking about other, some, some other really niche things. I feel like Marino wool is something he could really geek out on as well. Yeah. I think he already gets it. So maybe you're right, but maybe, yeah, you're right. I should just do that. I mean, I, I think I had the impression that it'll get lost in the pile. Of everyone wants to get yeah. in Joe Rogan's hands. Right. Um, you start with me. You start by making me an influencer, you know, and then you work your way up the podcast ladder. I'm, yeah. I'm a few rungs below Joe, but it's a good start. Well, you got to get on Joe Rogan. Okay, there we go. I'll get yeah, on Joe get Rogan. Get on Joe Rogan. You talk about Marina Wolf. I'll be the Trojan horse. I like it. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned this hockey stick growth that you're experiencing right now, from which is a real culmination of all your efforts over the years. Are you doing, you know, when, 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 th- when that growth starts, is there anything you're you're doing to capitalize on it more? Is there any has has that level of growth that you're experiencing now changed the business or how you think about it in any way? We just try to not get overly excited and try to add in any superfluous expenses that we that we weren't adding before or thinking of before. It's like we realized we got here in a slow and steady manner, so keep going. You know, the the return on ad spend we get from our ads is like really really high. It's it's higher than. You know, a lot of the, I, I see under the hood of a lot of these much bigger DTC brands. So, so part of me, it's like, let's just invest profit into more growth, even at the, at the expense of our ROAS going down. Um, it's all just about staying slow and steady 
only hiring when we need it. Um, we're, it, it hasn't changed anything. The only thing that's really changing behind the, behind the scenes is we're running out of inventory and we're scrambling to keep it in stock, calling every supplier, trying to figure out like what we can rush, what we can get to the front of the pile. And, 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 you know, that's the best problem to have, but if we run it out of inventory, it's a problem. So we're trying to figure that out right now. And that's the thing that I'm, I'm trying to study the most. I, I, I hear of some of these brands, even in the apparel space, you know, there's one that grew to $150 million in their third year. And all I'm thinking, like, how did you handle the inventory? You geniuses. Like, I don't know what they do to handle that. And, I would love to figure it out, but that's the challenge. That's the challenge. That's the challenge with growth. When it's slow and steady, you can plan, you can figure it out. But when it's fast and rapid, you're like, we're screwed in a month. We got to figure this out. Are you talking about True Classic? They're one of them. I listened to a podcast, a few podcasts where they're on there, and then yeah. just like they're in the apparel space. They are performance marketing geniuses. I don't like. I I'm in awe of you know what they've been able to to accomplish in such a short period of time as far as scaling goes. But to me, it's like, it's like, are they super Saiyans? Are they Jedis? How do you manage that? Like, or are they flying into the, into the factories and yelling at people? It's like, no, only make our stuff. Yeah. Like it's, 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 it's a challenge. They're doing it. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And, and I, I chatted with someone on their team. First of all, I'll see if I can just send an intro email. Cause I think you'd just benefit a lot by having a chat with Ben who is on the podcast. And I, I know he likes to chat with other, that guy is brilliant. That guy is brilliant. Another one reached uh, from, from their team reached out who's in charge of their international expansion. And I just feel like they're one of those companies that are just like, yeah, they're, they've expanded everywhere all at once. And I think your, your point is really well taken. Like how do they actually manage all that growth on the back end? How do they fulfill that growth on the back end? So that's maybe something I'll, uh, I'll bring up in my, in my next podcast with them yeah my my guess is they're just stacked with an unbelievably diverse team of all incredibly smart people that are solving complicated things in unison it's unbelievable for us we're slower and steadier we have a, we have a amazing growth this year but it's it's like again you know we're not trying we don't have stores we don't have wholesale we don't go on Amazon we're not as omni-channel and that's by design that's a that's a lifestyle choice. Other businesses run differently. It's I, I, I'm in awe of what they have been able to accomplish with the complexity of their business and how fast they scaled that complexity of their business. They don't do Merino. So ultimately they can't be my favorite clothing brand. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask like, how much of your growth this year has come from your, uh, like going into women's apparel versus men's? Is that is that market growing faster than the men's side grew? Well, we're trying to make sense of it. We, we have, it's under 20% of our entire business, but that's our, it's the, it hasn't even been a year, right? It's, seven, yeah. it's about 17% of our business is women's, but the women's market is much bigger. I'm like, well, what's it going to be next year? You know, is it going to be like 30% of our business? Because then it starts to get really, really interesting and serious. Um, so if we look at the 17%. Now, if you go on our website now, and you know, it's it's May of 2023, it's quite thin what our offering is for women's. We, we don't have a lot, you know, we've unpacked the men's market a lot more. And I look at that and like with a pretty slim offering, being out of stock quite frequently on most of what we have with women's, like 70% of our sale, it's like, that's really fast and pretty astonishing. So it's a huge, huge part of what our forward direction is. And it's been a pretty sizable part of the growth. But the, the hockey stick part of it is, I wouldn't say is the women's per se. 
it's it's it, it, it's just in general i think a lot of the word of mouth stuff that's been happening the youtube videos that have been happening like what's interesting is we do this post purchase survey where you know we ask the obvious question is like how did you first find out about unbound merino and the number one answer by far is youtube always youtube and it's usually in the 30 to 45% of the people respond that but we do nothing on youtube like other than give some influencers some products and we dabbled with some paid influencers recently this is all like very very recent stuff but the reason we're doing that is because we were getting these answers in our post purchase survey that youtube is the number one is the place that they found us but we like we spent all this money on facebook ads and all this money on instagram ads and all this money on google ads and all this money on seo stuff but none of it compares to YouTube where we spend zero dollars. So, okay, let's try, try to figure out what's happening here and maybe have some control over it. That comes from people who know us and like us and review us and talk about us. I'm just looking at it on, on YouTube and there's there's 20 or 30 different Merino or Unbound product reviews, um, all from travel influencers, right? Which makes a lot of sense that it would just, just a perfect, perfect mix there. And we've probably paid for two of those wow huge there's a couple of them that there's a couple of them that uh that have become affiliates but they were already wearing our stuff and talking about it we reached out and said hey do you want to give your 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 viewers a discount code and we can track it and give you an affiliate cut and there's a couple of those but for the most part that's entirely organic I, I look at, uh, you know, in the, in the call I did with uh, True Classic there, I feel like their central concept of just like, hey, it's a t-shirt, but it fits you better. It doesn't, you know, your t-shirts make you look boxy and like you have small arms. Our t-shirts fit right and feel good and make you feel good. That's like all of their ads are funny little takes on men's conversations and women saying you look bad or you look good or whatever, like that central concept. I, I wonder if there's something like that. I know you guys don't really have like that funny brand right now, right? You have a much more like serious lifestyle, higher, high fashion brand. But I wonder if there's like, if there is something in that like conversational style, like, oh, it doesn't smell or, you know, that some of the central like features of Merino. Well, I wonder if there's an, an opportunity to create that kind of angle-based content for your product. So, so this is like the great debate that we have with our marketing department is there's the performance marketing, which is just like crank out UGC and as much stuff and as many iterations with different hooks and different calls to action and spread the walls out as far as what your creative approach is. Just do as much as you can, run as many ads as you can, and, and just scale, 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 scale. And you're trying to get your, you know, a, a good enough ROAS and crank in as many customers as possible. But then there's the brand marketing, which is more just like about trying to convey who you really want to be as a brand. And I think, I think they're at odds, you know, like if you do too much of a focus on performance marketing, it takes a little bit of a chip away from like what you're trying to develop as a brand and us being a premium price brand, you know, we're not a mass market brand. It's, it's quite expensive. We're reluctant to go too hard on just the performance marketing piece, even though that might be great for sales. We are really trying to figure out like how can we represent our brand in a way that we deem is on brand and still be appealing in this sort of clickbaity kind of world. And sometimes to our disappointment, we've had a bunch of ads that we believe really strongly in, we think represent our brand really, really well, and they fall flat, just completely flat, they don't perform. 
And then the most clickbaity one that we makes us want to smash our face on a brick wall when we watch it is the one that performs so well. And we're like, well, what are we supposed to do here? If we are a business. We have to make the, the numbers work. So recently we've tried a really, really cool approach that is performing on a, you know, we have a really good CPM, but it's travel footage and it's travel footage of our own where we did these videos that are, we call them the ASMR videos where it's just like clips of traveling. So my business partner, he's on a trip. Where was he? I think he was in Vietnam and there's like the clink of a glass and like, you know, he cheers and like, there's just like five little moments that show him walking around and meandering in this, I think it was in Vietnam. There's no talking, there's no selling. It just says, it says one t-shirt, unlimited possibilities or unlimited travel possibilities or the, the, the uniform of travelers all over the world. There's a couple of like little slogans we have at the end. And we started making more of these, but people watch them because they're, it's beautiful travel footage. And it gets people sort of engaged, interested, and we're getting those people who are engaged by travel footage. And if they watch that whole video, then they go into sort of the middle of the funnel, right? So we found something that works that is us, that isn't like a kitschy, it doesn't, dem, it doesn't like demean what our brand is, it is our brand. And we're trying to do more of that and it feels so, so good. And what's also cool about that is we can get footage from our customers who are avid travelers and we can feature their stuff and it's an endless amount. Like there's one in Tokyo, one in, in the Rocky Mountains, one here, one there. And it's just like these sonic experiences where you just watch something really cool and they're really short and they're really punchy. So we're trying to find what, you know, the other way of doing things when all of these DTC brands are focusing so heavily on like, just like what has the ROAS that we need and, and how can we get our ad spend up to a zillion dollars a day? Cause we have a zillion ads that we're running for us. It's like, how do we get people in that fit like our brand persona that care about who we are for real and, ex and feed them stuff that is our brand that feels like our brand that doesn't demean our brand. And, and we're trying to do less of the performance marketing stuff. Having said that, you still have to do the clickbaity stuff if you want to survive. Yeah. That's really interesting. I love that story. And it like, my, you know, as a performance marketing agency pilot house, right? Like we're always this, this conversation of, uh, branded versus I, we're not calling it scrap. We used to call it scrappy. It was always scrappy. Creative was what works best. So often from the performance marketing standpoint, um, we're trying to call, I think it was like, uh, we're calling it like organic authentic or, or something like that. And it sounds like what you're doing with, with the travel footage kind of fits that bill a little bit where it's going to look different than a regular ad in the feed, which is going to look authentic, which is, which is what's really cool, but it's still a branded experience. And what we always find is it's like, it kind of takes all kinds in the feed a little bit. Like you do want to have people authentically engaging your product, using it like UGC performance style. And then you do want to have the branded looks as well. And that they, that, that most customers now are accustomed to having both of those kind of experiences in the feed with a brand, hopefully without diminishing it too much. But it, it sounds like that's a great opportunity that like I, everyone has those moments of travel and even just a, a glass clinking, walking down a street at dusk or like all those great memories everyone has from travel to try to actually capture those in like that wordless ASMR way. I'm going to be looking for those in the wild because I think that's a great, great concept. Yeah. And, and, and the performance of those ads being the, the fact that they're doing well is one of the most exciting things that's happened for us because it's like we care about our brand 
And like, there's a lot of advice out there for as far as DDC marketing goes, that it's like, oh, brands are so, they, they want, they're so precious about how they represent this. It's like, that's not how it works. You know, even some of these great ones, like, the, like these great growing brands, they said, no, you have to just put out UGC and you have to, you have to do it. And I just don't want to have to accept that. I feel like, you know, maybe we're playing the game on hard, but we're trying to build a brand that is cohesive. It's not just like, you know, we're not, we're not cutting ourselves at the ankles to, to, to try to just get sales and get people's, you know, in their face with something that might be like silly or humorous or clickbaity. We're trying to do as little of that as possible. And, and the ASMR thing is like such a beautiful example of like putting the customer like in a, in the shoes of someone doing something they want to be doing. You know, these are travelers. They, they know what it felt like to have that experience and, and it's immersive and it feels good. And if that works, we're going to go all in on that because that's who we are. That's what our brand stands for. So there is a, there is a little bit of a, of a feeling like if this were a video game, the marketing DDC marketing video game, we're not playing it on easy. We're not doing the, 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 you know, the game I don't want to, yeah, yeah, I don't want to have the website that has the pop-ups that has like 20 things. It's like, do you want to add this to your order? No. Okay. Yeah. Well, how about this? And how about this? Like, I don't want to feel like I'm in a, you know, a flea market yep. on my website. You know, it's like, we want to feel like you're buying the tools that are going to whisk you away to that awesome place where you're going. And it's like, it's not about just like, just milking your wallet. Like it, there's something about that that just doesn't feel like us. So, so. So while everyone's zigging, we're trying to zag and it might not be the smartest thing, but it works for our brand. And I think, I think long-term it's the right choice. If you're hockey sticking on hard mode, I'd, I'd hate to see what easy mode Dan Dembski would look like because, uh, yeah, no, I, I fully respect that. I think, I think it's super, su a super great approach. And, uh, yeah, I'm just eager to kind of keep watching your brand, keep being a fan, uh, hopefully an influencer of the brand as well. Uh, this is really awesome. Thanks for coming on the DTC podcast today, Dan. Oh, it's so awesome to be here. I read your newsletter and it's just like a cool feeling for it to be full circle and to be here. That's so cool. We, I think we mentioned in the interview, do you have a promo code for D2C listeners who want to try Merino Unbound? I have FAM here. Is that the code? Um, I will give you a code. Why don't you just tell me what the code is right now and then I'll go make it. I, I, why don't we say DTC FAM? DTC FAM. I'm writing that down. And this code will be a code. There you go. Of course the code exists. DTC fam. DTC fam. Oh, fantastic. Well, I hope anyone, if anyone in the audience goes and, first of all, if you work at home, you just got to try one of these shirts for yourself. It's going to be worth it. It's going to become your favorite t-shirt. Message me, eric at directtoconsumer.co if you do this and launch my career as uh, an influencer marketing marketing uh, guru for, for for Dan here so that we can get so we can get we can work our way up to Joe Rogan. We'll both end up on Joe Rogan. It'll be it'll be huge. That's awesome. Nice. Thanks Dan. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can do that right now at direct to consumer all one word, dot co. I'm Eric Dick and this has been the D2C podcast. We'll see you next time.